0: Grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. Today we're in the middle of a study on the book of James in this series called Reflections on Wisdom, and all of us have said something that we've later regretted. We can either downplay the consequences or take responsibility to speak with greater wisdom. So what are the resources God has available to help those who are willing to have their words trained in wisdom? glad you asked. The message today is called Wise Words. If you have a Bible nearby, Pastor Sean is going to start in James chapter 3. It's time for Reaching for Real Life.
1: Choose your words wisely. Yeah. Okay, let me just give us a heads up on this one. Uh, This one's going to hurt a little bit. Now, we're in this series on wisdom. Now, in James chapter 3, why don't you turn to your Bibles? to James chapter 3 he starts talking about what we're calling wise words and here's what James says beginning at verse 1 he says not many of you should become teachers my brothers for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness for we all stumble in many ways and if anyone does not stumble in what he says he's a perfect man able also to bridle his whole body if we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us we guide their whole bodies as well Look at ships also. Though they're so large, they're driven by strong winds. They're guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile, sea creature, can be tamed, and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord, our Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth? Excuse me, does a spring pour forth from the same opening, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can the salt pond yield fresh water. What James is trying to let us know is words are a really big deal. They really are. You know the old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Or you may have heard it, words will never hurt me. Um, Let me just tell you, that's not true. Because I've broken bones before. And, you know, it hurt at the time and they healed, but they don't hurt anymore at all. But there are some words that have happened in my past that I've heard that if I think about them, they still kind of ding me. So, yeah, that saying is just not true. Words really can hurt. And James makes two really powerful and kind of almost alarming statements right in the beginning. What he says is, the first one is, he says, words are such a big deal that not many of you should teach be Bible teachers. You'll be held accountable, a greater level of accountability. And as someone who teaches the word, that kind of gives me a little bit of a gulp factor. He's saying it's such a big deal what you say. You should be very careful about stepping up and saying, okay, I'll be a Bible teacher. That's pretty serious. Second powerful thing he says is that if anyone doesn't stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. He's a perfect man and he can control the rest of himself. You, I mean, James isn't throwing words around here. He's saying if you can control your speech, man, you got it made. Every other part of you, you can control. It's much easier. Your, your actions, your thoughts, the whole thing. If you can control the tongue, he says, man, you have got it made because you have got self-control. He goes on, and in order to kind of impress on us the importance of words, James gives us six pictures or metaphors for the tongue. He talks about the bit of horses, the rudder of a ship. Fire and poisonous animal, a fountain, a fig tree. And I think you can actually classify these. James is communicating some specific things about the power of speech through those metaphors. Three different things he's communicating to us. The first, really important, is that the tongue has the power to set direction. That's why he uses the idea of a bit and a rudder. A bit is what we use to train a horse and to be able to control the horse. A horse is a thousand-pound animal. And yet, riders control them all the time and communicate with them. The rudder of a ship, a small little part of the ship, but it sets direction for the whole ship. The tongue, our speech, has power to set direction in our lives. You've probably experienced that, haven't you? I mean, someone says something. In fact, you may have had something said to you over and over and over again. You start to believe it, and you start to act according to that, whether that be positive or whether that be something negative. You ever heard about self-talk? Self-talk is what we tell ourselves. You start telling yourself certain things. You know, other people say, am I always this? Well, I guess that's what I always am, and I can never do that because I've never been able to. And that self-talk, you can start, honestly, those words kind of become thoughts. Thoughts become actions, and it becomes what we call self-fulfilling prophecies. We literally start, because of the setting direction that happened through our speech, we start to walk according to that. A second power that the tongue has is the power to destroy, and he's real clear about it. He uses the the metaphor of a fire and a poisonous animal, the power to destroy. And sadly, a lot of us in this room have probably felt that power from someone's tongue, someone's words, and felt absolutely destroyed by something that someone said, or maybe we've said something that caused some destruction and wish we could take it back like the toothpaste, but we can't. You guys remember who Donald Sterling Is? Donald Sterling owned the the L.A. Clippers NBA team? You know, I understand something. Sterling wasn't a really nice guy way before he became famous. He did all kinds of things that were really questionable and that should have been looked at and that were a problem. But you know what took him down? It was some words. He made some racist statements in private. But someone recorded it and made it public. And he lost the privilege of owning an NBA franchise. He lost, the, he lost his business. He lost a lot, his reputation, everything, because of words. Words have the power to set a fire and to be very destructive. Third thing, and this is really significant, when he talks about a fountain and a fruit tree, he talks about words having the power to give life. Do you understand that? Words have the power to give life. A fountain refreshes and a fruit, drink, tr- fruit tree bears fruit. Words have the power to refresh, to nourish, to give life. That's something significant. We talk a lot about the negative, but the actual ability of your words to speak something of greatness, to speak into something and bring life. In fact, I want to suggest it's those last two metaphors that are the secret understanding of this whole passage and the secret to wise words. A fountain flows from somewhere. A tree has roots that are buried deep in something. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, because this is the secret. The secret to wise speech is to speak from the right source. The secret to wise speech is to speak from the right source. Listen to what Jesus says. He says this very plainly in Matthew 12, beginning at verse 34. He says, he's talking to some religious leaders who are very hypocritical and whose words were not very helpful. And he says at verse 34, he says, You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to that phrase, it's very important. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person, out of his good treasure, brings forth good. And the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. Listen to this, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for evil careless word they speak for by your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned um let me just tell you something as someone who uses a whole lot of words that's scary to me i mean i'm a communicator i I love words i'm a reader i love it i love humor i love humor i love plays on words i mean i enjoy it but when you start thinking about how serious words are it can give you pause. And, and please understand, I'm not some speech prude here, okay? I'm not saying we should never have fun, never have humor. I really think there's a, sometimes good-natured ribbing and kidding among friends that care about each other that can actually be uplifting because it says, I'm, I'm accepting you. I see you as someone who's close and as a friend. And, but I've also seen humor, sarcasm. I've seen it go to a place, and, and it's a very fine line. I've seen it go to that place where now all of a sudden it's hurtful. And now all of a sudden instead of just having a conversation that I need to have with someone, I'm ripping on them a little bit to kind of to put them in their place, to set them down. All of a sudden those words became hurtful. That idea, the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Your words will either be justified by your words will be condemned. Words are a big deal. And Jesus said your words always reflect your heart. So the source resides
0: in the heart and this is when we take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to reaching for real life with pastor sean azaro a listener supported ministry of river city community church in this series called reflections on wisdom from the book of james as found on the sermons page at reallife.org and while you're there if you've been blessed by this teaching your financial gift helps us radio ministry continue to help others just like you just find the give tab at reallife.org and if you're looking for a new church home Here's your invitation from Pastor Sean.
1: River City Community Church is a church for real life. Real life is what we were created for and what we're all about. In fact, our mission is more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Hi, I'm Pastor Sean Azaro, and we believe we were made to have a life full of meaning and purpose that can only be found in relationship with our Creator. That's what real life is. It's not just a church thing. It's a way of living that powerfully impacts every area of our lives. River City is come as you are and has a relaxed, casual feel with practical teaching, inspirational worship, and age-appropriate ministry for the whole family. We're located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Matama Park. Our service times are Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15 and Mondays at 7 p.m. River City is a church for real life, and so our home on the web is reallife.org. We hope you'll come and see us as you travel the road to real life.
0: And back to the message, Wise Words, based on the book of James. This is Reaching for Real Life.
1: Let me give you a few things, a few things that spirit-led speech can do for us. Number one, spirit-led speech will keep me from damaging words. Spirit-led speech will keep me from damaging words. Okay, great passage Scripture. We probably all should memorize it. Psalm 141, 3 and 4. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not let my heart incline. Because remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do not let my heart incline to any evil, to busy myself with wicked deeds in company with men who work iniquity. And let me not eat of their delicacies. That Scripture. The idea that God by His Spirit would set a guard. In fact, we should say that maybe every day. This would be a great scripture to say together, just like this. Set a guard, O Lord, over my life, He falls over the door of my It's kind of a little hand, it's kind of sign language. To remind us that God actually wants to partner with us that keep us from damaging words, because Spirit led speech will keep me from damaging words. Let me list real quickly some of those kind of damaging words. The first is cutting or hurtful words cutting, or hurtful words, angry words, cruel, unkind words. Have you ever issued those kind of words and just, man, wish you could take them back? You said them, and then it's like, oh my gosh, I wish I could get that back. I remember, and this was years ago, uh, Lori and I had a pretty hard disagreement, and she said some things, and I don't think she was trying to be hurtful, but she said some things, and it was in a way that they they hurt me. And you know, I'm a really tough guy, so I shouldn't be able to be hurt, right? Well, it didn't work that way. And they dinged me. And so I said something. It wasn't I didn't mean it. It really on the surface wasn't that big a deal. But I knew it would hurt. And I said it. And the minute I said it, I was like, oh and I saw it on her face. And I saw on her face that I'd hurt her. Ah. Oh. I said, I'm sorry, and you know how that works, right? Because what I want to have happen is, oh, I know you didn't mean it. It's okay. Hey, let's go have dinner. That is not what happened at all. No, no, this was kind of, because this hurt, and it was for a long time. It sat with her. It lodged in her spirit. So not only did I wish I could take those words back one time, I kept wishing I could take those words back. And every time I wished it didn't change it, I'd said it. Words are powerful, and spirit-led speech will keep me from damaging words. Gossip, that's damaging words. And here's the thing. Some people uh, <clears throat> will, you know, kind of, they don't understand what gossip is, right? They go, oh, no, it wasn't gossip. It was true. It was fine. It's true. I'm like, oh, you don't know what gossip means. Okay, that's a problem. Okay, gossip has nothing to do with true or untrue. Gossip is about speech that is not edifying or uplifting. Speech that tears someone down when they're not there. That's gossip. And it's hurtful. More churches have been damaged by gossip than maybe any other single thing. And I have to tell you, I've told you before how to be a gossip-free zone, right? Because someone comes to you and they want to gossip. Oh, did you hear? Let me just tell you. And they tell you something really kind of like that. All you have to do is say, wow, that's really serious. The Bible says you should go talk to them. Would you like to go talk to them by yourself or would you like me to go with you? Which would be best for you? And then just sit there and look at them. Because that's biblical. That's what the Word says. You got something against someone, you're supposed to go to them. You're not supposed to go tell other people. One thing will happen. Immediately, you become a gossip-free zone. Nobody gossips to you anymore. You start doing that, okay? You are a gossip-free zone. They don't want to talk to you anymore. But you'll also see your family. You'll also see your church. Maybe the community beyond get a whole lot healthier when we learn to start practicing biblical speech. Third type of damaging words are hasty words. Sometimes it's anger. Maybe sometimes it's just rushed or ill-advised. I, I should just wait. I'm just speaking too soon. I'm speaking up too soon. I, I can tell you there's lots of time in my life where I regret what I said. I can't think of one time where I regret not saying anything. I'm going, you know, I mean, I, I, there are times, I guess, if you're you know, supposed to speak up and you should speak up and it would be right to speak up. I understand that. But, but most of my regrets are those times when I said, oh, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I wish I could get that one back. Hasty words. And of course, dishonest words. Dishonest words. Doesn't honor the heart of God. Doesn't honor anything. It it ruins your reputation. It misleads. It wounds people. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Don't bear false witness. We are to be honest to people. Those are damaging words. Spirit-led speech will keep me from damaging words. And remember the the secret to wise speech is to speak from the right source. Second, spirit-led speech will empower me to speak life-giving words not only can it protect me from damaging words but it empowers me now to begin to speak words that are different they become life-giving words speech is powerful in a really good way too proverbs ten eleven says the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life that's a fantastic picture but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence there are words that we can speak that will be used by god to bring life what a cool possibility Kind words are one of those kind of words. Kind words bring life. You maybe have experienced kind words when someone wounded you and said something hurtful or you went through something hard and someone came up and they just spoke kindness to you. And you're like, wow, it was like like a healing balm on a wound. It felt good. Healing. Kind words. Encouraging words. You know, encouraging words are uplifting. And uh, let me just tell you, we live in a world where so many people are hungry and thirsty for encouraging words. You want to be a popular person? Become an encourager. Be one who will speak uplifting and encouraging words to people. See, all of us know this. There are some people in your life and mine who think their job is to tear you down. There are people who think their God-given assignment is to tear you down. Let me just tell you, they're wrong. That is not their God-given assignment. God had nothing to do with that, but because of that, because we all have that experience and we live in a world where there's so little real encouragement, healthy encouragement. Encouragement is powerful. I mean, imagine you start speaking to your children in a way, and I'm not talking silly kind of, you know, stuff that has no meaning. I'm talking real encouragement. Well, I see God's gifting in this area, not an area where they don't have it, you know, you're the best football player in the world. Yeah. No, they're not. They're terrible. Okay. I'm not talking about lying to your child. That's not good. But I am saying the things you see in them, man, you were kind when you did that. You worked hard at that. God's really given you a gift with this. You have a responsibility to make the most of that. You can do great things with that. You speak encouragement. You speak greatness into your children. Speak greatness into your friends, your coworkers. Become a person who's an encourager. Those are healing words, life-giving words. A third type of life-giving words, truthful words, honest words. We need to be people who are honest. We need to speak the truth. Now, interesting, um, we need to speak the truth in love. That's what Paul said in Ephesians 4. He said, speak the truth in love, because there are times when actually truthful words could be put up in the category of cutting or hurtful words. But wait a minute, but they're true. Here's the thing, um... And this is something we, this is like free. This is a gift today. Um, We are not under any obligation to say every little thing that pops into our head. Do you know that? And I think there's a freedom in the room right now. We should all just, oh, that's wonderful. You mean every single thing I know or every single thing I think is true or every single thing that pops in my head, I don't have to say it? No, you don't. God will forgive you. Really, I mean, this is, the last category of word is wise words, which, which I, I think really means truthful words that are given at the right time and the right place. There's a time when truthful words can be cutting or hurtful. Here's a simple rule of thumb. If you can't speak the truth in love, the way the scripture says, if you're not the place where I can speak the truth in love, I need to speak the truth, but I can't do it in love, then wait. It's not the right time yet. Wait till you can do it in love. Wait till you can do it in such a way that it's healing and helpful and uplifting. Don't lie. Don't misrepresent. But it's okay just to be quiet. <laughs> just to be quiet. You know, the old saying, they say, kind of keep quiet, and people will wonder, your, wonder if you're a fool or not. Open your mouth, and then they, you remove all doubt. Just be quiet sometimes. Wise words. The Spirit. Spirit-led speech empowers me to speak life-giving words. Because the secret to wise speech is to speak from the right source, and that's the source of the Spirit. Last thing, I'll wrap with this. Spirit-led speech begins with a Spirit-led life. it's kind of obvious. But the Spirit-led speech begins with a Spirit-led life. I can't expect Him to lead my speech when I haven't surrendered my life to be led. Surrender your heart and your speech to Jesus. In a moment, we're going to have some folks who are going to be baptized. And these are folks who have surrendered their heart to Jesus. Baptism doesn't save you. We understand that. But baptism is the biblical, the public confession of faith. It is when people get to say, the old person you knew who was self-led, flesh-led, that person has died with Christ. And then when they come up out of those waters, it signifies a new person who is alive in Christ, who is spirit-led is now who stands before you. That's the significance of baptism. And it begins by surrendering your life and then your speech to Jesus. A great way to have spirit-led speech is to hide God's word in your heart. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in in my heart. Why? Why? that I might not sin against you. So being a person of the Word, being a person who memorizes the Word, let the Word soak in you. Then you'll know what wise speech looks like. You'll know the difference between a time to speak and a time to not. And this is so practical, but yet it could save so many of us problems. The Spirit-led life, seek God's wisdom before you speak. Do you realize you can do this? You can seek God's wisdom, ask for God's wisdom before you say anything. Because you know what it is a drag? It's a real bummer to remember God's wisdom after you've already spoken. And be like, oh dang, shouldn't have said that. Should have said this. You can stop and ask for God's wisdom. You can just be quiet and pray right then in the moment. You're talking to your wife, pray before you say. Talking to a coworker, pray before you say. And just listen. Listen to this passage. This is a hurtful passage to me. It's James chapter 119. We looked at the first week, but we're, we're going to focus on James 1.19. Listen to this. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I hate that verse. I mean, it's wise. Let me just say, it is a great verse, but I hate it because, one, I told you, i'm a words guy i've always had lots of words i love words and i grew up in chicago where it even helped me speed my speech up more so i can get more words in you know i came down to texas and people talked at half speed we need a translator for a while but i have to tell you the wisdom of this passage let every person be quick to hear slow to speak slow to anger i've gotten to where certain meetings especially if i know there's any emotional you know if there's going to be some difficult subject or emotional kind of contact i've written a note on my i got a little pad you know that little pad that pastors will write things down you're like ooh, what important things are they writing we're not writing anything really but you know on that pad now i have i have this note that says shut up and listen and kids, we don't say shut up. So I really have, it says be quiet and listen. That's better. It says be quiet and listen, okay? But it's like, just close it and listen. Especially if I know someone's bringing maybe something unjust or there's going to be difficult or you know, whatever. If I think, because when the emotion starts to rise, that's when this passage of Scripture, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. And that is hard. But oh, it is good if we'll do it. Proverbs ten nineteen says, When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains
0: his lips is wise. That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series on wisdom based on the book of James, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email that this program blessed you or even better Your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find the Give tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Reaching for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life.